Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to the Fuel Better podcast. I am your host Evan Lynch. This is the inaugural episode of the Fuel Better podcast. So all I'm doing today is giving you a quick introduction as to who I am, why I'm here and some of the lessons I'm hoping to share with you in the future. So if you're here, thank you for clicking, thank you for listening and um, I hope to bring you a lot of helpful and insightful content in the coming weeks months and years so if you're here you're a fuel better podcast og and i thank you for that Hello everybody and welcome to the Fuel Better podcast. I am your host Evan Lynch and uh, welcome to the inaugural episode. So if you're here, thank you for being here first and foremost. This is something that I have been meaning to do for quite a while now. Um, I will give a quick introduction but just to stay on point, I feel as though given what I do for a living, uh, my experience, my background, that I have a lot of insights to share with people, helpful insights. So that's that's what I like to do. I like to help people, particularly when it comes to uh, food anxiety, weight management, sports nutrition, any of the any of the above. So this podcast really is a platform for answering the common questions that my clients ask me that I get asked all the time on social media. And I also want to use this podcast as a platform to address contemporary and important issues in the sports world, like orthorexia, an unhealthy obsession with being healthy, uh, food guilt, athlete food rules, trying to be a certain weight or a certain body image because of the sport you play, and anything and everything in between. It's not all going to be heavy stuff. There will be some more lighthearted, you know, uh, dietary breakdowns, comparing different diets for weight loss, some interesting stuff on food psychology, food behaviors. And there will be a couple of guests. I do have some people lined up. So you have that to look forward to. It won't just be my voice. So why do I think? I have insights worth sharing. It is a question I ask myself quite a lot before I started this podcast. And um, 
I asked someone else, uh, so I'm going to use their answer. Sometimes it's good to get an objective external answer to something as we can all be a little bit biased and self-critical towards ourselves. So <laughs> what, what my uh, external advisor told me to do was simply explain my background, what I've done, where I've been. And I hope that that paints a bit of a picture for you as to the insights I might have. Uh, so quick introduction. I'm Evan. You can find me on social media on Instagram at elinchfitnut or go to my website www.evanlynchfitnut.com. I'm from Ireland. If you can't tell by my accent, um, it's a pretty neutral accent to be fair. And I am a sports nutrition specialist and a qualified dietitian. I was also an international race walker, a very fast walker. Um, some people might recognize sport from Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, that's, that's usually where it's uh, first picked up by most. So I represented Ireland for a couple of years in track and field at, at a couple of different championships, most notably two Europeans and a world championship. So I was on Eurosport. I waved at the cameras. It was good crack. That's a, that's a previous chapter of my life. Uh, I got injured and fell out of sports when I was about 21. 2021 uh, when I was in the middle of my bachelor's degree in food science and health so that's that's kind of where my love of nutrition and fascination started I had always had a keen interest as an athlete with always wanting to get the most out of my body to get the most out of my diet and to find the next level of performance and the more I learned in college the more I saw in hindsight that I had an awful food relationship I had food anxiety I went through periods of binging and excessive restriction. I tried all of the fad diets that I warned people not to do. And my weight fluctuated a lot, which in tandem affected my health, uh, made me more injury prone than really I needed to be. And it, uh, it affected my body image. So I always grappled with the idea that I don't look like professional athletes do on television, even though I was... 15, 16, 17, younger and slightly older at the time. So that was hard. That was a not pleasant thing to realize. And when I'm working with an athlete now, you know, partly what's in the back of my head is I hope I can help this person not make all of the mistakes I made back in my day. Um, back in the day, I'm only fucking 25. What the fuck am I talking about back in the day? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Anyways, so there I am in Limerick. Um, I didn't voluntarily stop sports. I got injured and I'm pretty sure that poor diet, poor lifestyle choices contributed to that. And it's something I never got back into. So there was, there was a time where I was genuinely hoping to be an Olympic athlete Um now, I don't know how likely that was to happen, but I was training for it and I was improving and it hasn't happened or it probably will never happen. And that's okay. I found a new calling and that is nutrition and helping people. So back, back to Limerick, um, doing my bachelor's degree, learning about food science. That was actually what I did my bachelor's degree in. And um, I set up my own sports nutrition coaching consultancy at the age of 21. 
I needed a new thing to do. So started that and kind of learned as I went. When working with people, you learn very, very quickly that it's not just about understanding theories and attending a few metabolism uh, lectures and modules in college. There's a huge disconnect between theories and application when you're working with people. And there's a huge psychological element of getting people to engage with your suggestions, getting people to adhere to diets. Nutrition is notoriously difficult to help people with because there's a lot of things that go into how someone implements nutrition strategies. So how they perceive what you're saying, if, they, if the client feels like they can or cannot do it, if the client's skill level or understanding level is at a level required to implement correctly. Then we also have, have two interesting facts. You make hundreds of decisions every day that are food-based. What will I have for breakfast? X, Y, or Z? Will I put some honey? Will I put some syrup on top of that? Will I or will I not have a coffee? It adds up pretty quickly. And the issue with that, I think anyways, is that diet and at least common sense dietary approaches, they're just very boring. They're very underwhelming. And a lot of people find that hard to grapple with because we're floated this idea of extreme diets, harsh methods, hashtag clean eating, hashtag intermittent fasting, ketogenic dieting, calorie restriction. The general heuristic is, hey, you person looking to lose weight, you need to do it in an extreme way that's very different to what you normally do if you would like to be successful. So that's the image we're floated. People are often shocked when the advice I give them looks nothing like that. So just to summarize that second point, when you compare diet or at least individual dietary choices, swapping butter for flora proactive, swapping a regular soda to a diet soda, very underwhelming. It's not like, you know, you go to the gym or you go for a run, you're out of breath. It's difficult. It's tough. You're panting. It's very tangible. You can see it in your heart rate. You're sweating. You compare that to just deciding to have a banana as a snack. You know, there's no, there's no party poppers or balloons. No one says, well done. You don't even get an endorphin hit, really. Not initially, anyways. So it's very, it's very underwhelming. That's, that's diet. And there's a lot of decisions to be controlled. And it's difficult to understand. And typically, it's communicated poorly or at least not well explained. And then you have the fact that you, the listener, likely has a couple of biases towards diet. You have your own beliefs, your own experiences, and all of those things influence how you engage with diet. So back to Limerick, I'm in my early 20s doing my bachelor's degree, learning all these lessons um, that, okay, knowing things is only one side of the coin. You have to be able to work with people. So after Limerick, when I finished my bachelor's degree, I decided to get a 10. I went and studied dietetics in Malta, the University of Malta, which was interesting. I was the first foreign student to do it. So I had to learn Maltese. 
And by the way, not a brag, but kind of, I can speak four languages, English being one of them. Um, Irish, French, and Maltese are the other three. So I had to learn Maltese to go and be able to do clinical placement in Malta, which is phenomenally interesting. I got a first-hand insight into the Mediterranean diet, which has been shown time and time again to be probably the healthiest dietary pattern to follow for diabetes risk, long-term risk of dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, uh, weight management even, and cholesterol. Yet in Malta, people have awful health problems. Um, it's a small country. It's hard to import fruit and vegetables there. There actually isn't really enough space to grow it. And the wages are an awful lot lower. So there are a lot of obesity issues, metabolic issues, and ironically enough, a high level of rickets. So Malta gets really hot. So people tend not to go outside that much in the summer. And vitamin D deficiency is paradoxically quite common there, more common than it is in Ireland. So that interesting fact about Malta. So when I was in Malta, doing my clinical placement, studying dietetics, um, that's when, you know, the, the real tangibles in terms of how food can actually affect your health. I was faced with that. And the thing I'll never forget is I was watching a coronary bypass graft surgery. And I was in the room. I was just observing it as part of my training. And uh, I read a file. I read the patient's file. The guy was in his 40s, no genetic or congenital issues. So it wasn't faulty genes that caused him to be lying on the operating table with his ribs more or less taken out and a big hole in them like that uh, like that surgery game you know you have the little guy lying on the table and if you touch anything with your little scalpel he beeps the dude was actually opened up like that so I was in there for about three or four hours reading his file the only thing that was abnormal he had high LDL cholesterol that is something that I have seen 15 times this week just clients coming in, my cholesterol's a little bit high and they're very nonchalant about it. So I'll never forget that. I'll never forget watching this 40-year-old man on, a, on an operating table. It's great that they, they can do that. The technology is fascinating. It was insane to see it happen, but he didn't have to be there. He had high cholesterol for years and this is maybe strike three and why diet is really difficult you have to convince people it's worth it because it's quite a bit of effort and when you take something like cardiovascular disease heart disease nothing instantly happens if you eat butter or if you go to the chipper you might have a bit of indigestion but you don't initially or instantly even get a heart attack there's a long latency period of about 30 years similar with smoking you don't immediately get lung cancer if you smoke. It increases your risk. It's prolonged exposure to these things that leads to adverse outcomes. And that's a well-known fact, at least in the medical field. If you take Betsy down the road, uh, or if you take one of my clients coming in, and I'm trying to convince them, listen, we need to decrease your butter intake. You need to stop putting coconut oil in your coffee. 
we need you to, <laughs> you know, stop eating all the chocolate ever um, because it'll raise your LDL cholesterol. And people usually scoff at that. You know, it's, it's almost trivialized that having high cholesterol is an issue. It is an issue. It's the most correlated uh, thing with poor diets. So in terms of a diet health effect, high saturated fat and processed sugar intakes heavily correlated with high LDL cholesterol, which is in turn seen as a causal link in uh, atherosclerosis, metabolic syndrome, fatty liver disease, type 2 diabetes, etc., uh, etc., etc. Et so anyways, to bring it back to life, that's the most vivid example of how very simple things can have a massive effect, or at least not doing very simple things can have a massive effect. And I felt immediately responsible for sharing that information with people. So I, I take it really personally on my clients do. If they do well, I, you know, I'm happy about that. If they're not doing well, I'm not happy at all. You know, we need to fix this. Uh, I have an innate desire to help people as I think I might've said already. So anyways, I'm there studying dietetics, learning Maltese and um, working away, building my client base learning as I'm going. And I still don't know everything. At the moment, I am in year number seven of being in college. And uh, there's still a lot of stuff I don't know. At the moment, I am just about to start my thesis to finish my master's degree in sports and exercise nutrition with the University of Ulster. So at the moment, that's been a two-year affair. And I started immediately post-completion of my dietetics degree. So what what uh what do i do well as i said maybe i think i said i work with athletes i work with non-athletes i help people manage their weight their food relationship uh food anxiety to a certain degree i help educate people on making better dietary decisions and choices um and i make a lot of content uh i, I met a teacher one of my old teachers and uh, I, they asked me, like, what do I do? And I jokingly said, I make a living off of posting pictures on Instagram of, like, memes of food and infographics. And uh, they thought it was hilarious. But that's the reality in the modern day world. If you're a nutrition expert, that's how you get your message out. That's how you share useful and helpful information. So that's what the podcast is here for. That's my background. To summarize, been in college forever, have experience firsthand as a high-level semi-professional athlete, have experience on the other side in terms of being a qualified dietitian and almost having my master's degree completed in sports and exercise nutrition. And I've been working with people in a one-to-one -one basis for five years now, pretty much. So there's a lot of experience there. There's lots of layers. There's, there's an understanding both personally from an empathic point of view. And then, you know, I've already done this point of view with sports and the physiology that's happening around it. Some of the poor psychology that might be happening around wanting to be a certain weight, eating disorder, pathophysiology. I can layer all of that stuff together. And as a result now, 
I can be really helpful for an athlete who is struggling. And ultimately, what I hope is someone will listen to this and they might they might twig something I said, like, you know, I'm rigid with my food or I weigh myself every week or I feel bad when I eat certain foods. And I hope that those people will reach out and that I might be able to help them. So that's why I'm here. That's why I am recording this podcast in my kitchen mid pandemic. Um, kind of wish I started a year ago, but I didn't really have any content planned for this podcast. Just a quick introduction. There's no script. I'm not really into that. I kind of talk off the cuff. So if you're still listening, that's class. Thank you. Um, got a big new microphone, which I'm talking into. So I hope my uh, audio fidelity is on par with the likes of uh, the Blind Boy podcast, but maybe I have a bit of work to do yet. Anywho, so that's it. That's, that's me in a nutshell. I'm here to help. I'm hoping to do podcasts every week or two. I need to figure out exactly the best frequency to put them out at. And on my social medias, I will be putting out polls as to what people want to see talked about. I have a few things lined up, so do keep an eye out. I will have some interesting guests coming on. And um, yeah, thank you for listening. So that was today's episode, an introduction to me, why I'm here, why I am in your ears talking to you about nutrition and why I think I might have some valuable insights and knowledge to share. Next week, I am going to look at food rules in sports and how they can damage your food relationship, your mental health, and how you shoulder them without even really realizing it. If you found today's episode interesting, you can share it, you can tell people about it, Um, I would appreciate that I want this podcast to be a resource for athletes who struggle with nutrition who struggle with diet to help them get a grip on it that's what this platform is for so if you like the message I'm trying to get out there just please give me a hand Um, you can get in touch with me on social media at elinchfitnot on Instagram or via my website that link will be in the show notes until next week guys thanks for listening ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.